Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. You want to be a speaker, trainer, a coach? I've got you. Antonio T. Smith Jr. is my name. You've probably heard of me. That's probably why you're here. I've been featured on Forbes awarded top 101 global developmental and training minds on Goldcast. It's just a wonderful ride for me, but I got here by speaking. And now at this point in my legacy, I'm not interested in how much money I make, more about how I make my money. Therefore, I am taking select people, people with stories, people with intensity, people who want to value personal development over money. This sounds like you. If your blood is boiling right now, then I may be speaking to you. If you have that story that you know would change the world, if you change somebody and now you're addicted to it and you want to do it more, if you want to speak in front of 10,000 people, or maybe you just want to be famous, get your name out there and change the world. However it may be, however it happens, Bureau of Dominant Speakers is for you. It's intense. I won't lie to you. I'm a very intense person. It's very affordable. Look in the show show notes, you'll see Bureau of Dominant Speakers. Click that link, and hey, let's dominate, because you can do it, and this is your moment.
Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you. We are always back in time. And you know me, Antonio T. Smith Jr. I have a special guest right now. This guy is a rock star. I've had the opportunity of researching him. But before I researched him, he is connected with someone that I already knew, Mr. Geffen and the Geffen Media Group. You are in a treat when you get ready to hear all about what this man is doing with his wonderful life, with his wonderful success. He's going to do a lot of business. It's going to be great. But before we get there, let me let him introduce himself. Mr. Ellie Nash, please introduce yourself to my audience. Hey, I'm here from I'm here in Miami today. A little cool this morning, but um, really happy I moved here from New York 10, 12 years ago. I uh, came here right after a hurricane in Miami. And in a lot of ways, that's been my life since coming here. I didn't come here in a good place. I was kind of desolate both in me and uh, within the community itself. Remember the trees down and everything else and my life, you know, kind of from 2005 till now, 2019, um, just kind of that, not not one straight line uphill, but been moving steady in that progression. And uh, I've gotten the bug of wanting to share some of what's going on in my life with others for a long time. I was an introvert, a hermit, a loner. And now I got the uh, the shearing bug, so I'm here and I'm here and ready to talk and hopefully to uh, to share some of my experience, so I can relate to and be encouraged by. Because if other people didn't do that for me, I wouldn't be in the place I am. So looking to give a little back. Okay. All right, man. Well, hold on. You 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 sound. Let's. You're gonna take this already in a great direction. You sound like someone that believes that we are all connected. Am I am I correct in assuming that? Yes. Uh, I saw a great line yesterday from Rumi that we are not we are not a drop in the ocean. We are the ocean in a drop. That's right. right. We're all connected. That's right. That's love right. That That's right. Yeah. I love, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that line by Rumi as well. <laughs> and it's it's pretty it's pretty much fact. So you know what? If someone doesn't understand that, Ellie, how how would you break that quote down? If they don't understand it, let's say they say, you know what? I'm buying into it. It feels good. I love the energy. But what the hell does that mean? What would you tell them? <laughs> right, so it's like you said, it's, it's all connected. We're all we're all operating in ways that we're, we're interdependent. Uh, there's a, you know, the drop in the ocean is kind of this feeling, and I felt it for so long. Is I'm alone. I'm never. I kind of like drowned out by everyone else. It doesn't matter what I do. And now just recognize that everything is connected. What I'm doing, you know, like you started this off. I came from Geffen. How did I meet Daniel Geffen? I met Geffen from Geffen Media Group because I was talking to a friend about podcasts. He said, hey, you've got to do podcasts. And then a week later, another friend just forged me this ad from Geffen saying, I'm thinking of doing this, of, of hiring this guy. And I was like, oh, wow, someone else mentioned podcasts, and then let me do this. And just seeing the way everything is, just seeing the way everything works together, if we look at it that way, you start noticing that and say, hey, I'm just connected to everyone else. I'm, I'm, do, I'm there to give to someone else, and someone else is given to me. And uh that's the way I'd explain the quote. The, the quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, How would you explain that, it? That, yeah, man, for me, I mean, we are absolutely all connected. So if you want to take a religious route, then, you know, a lot of religions say that you're made after uh, his image or the image of your creator. Mm-hmm. And so for me, there's no difference between Ellie or Antonio. We are individual, so to speak, pieces of one creator. 
and you just have your version of you and I have my version of me, but at the end of the day, we are one, one and connected. I guess a better way to explain that if you took it out of religion, just into straight observation, is we try to separate the wave from the ocean, but you can't because whenever you see a wave, it's still attached to the ocean. (laughs) You can't pick up a wave and say, hey, there's a wave. No, the wave is always attached to the ocean. So we're just individual waves always attached to the great source, which is the ocean. That's how I would explain it. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, I was reading a book, and it said, you know, I was always into, I want to be the giver. I want to be the giver in a relationship. And it said in the book, it was The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And she said, we yeah. can't truly give unless we're also willing to take. And this thing hit me like mm. a, a bolt of lightning, saying, well, I mean, like, wow. saying there's a lot of judgment. If we're just giving, but we're not also willing to take, mm. there's a lot of judge. There's going to be inevitably judgment when we give to someone else because we're saying, okay, I'm wow. I'm the one above you, and now I'm giving. And that was like, oh, that's not where I wanted to give from. And I realized that, hey, I can't give without taking. It's all like it's flowing through, and it flows through us. Wow, that is incredible. (laughs) I I am very familiar with that book. I even read it, and somehow I missed that part of the book in my reading. (laughs) That was incredible. Man, all right, so let let me just pause real quick. Let me just, listeners, Clearly, this guy is more than just business. He was just on another podcast talking about mental health. He was talking about that offline. And Ellie, tell us real quick, before we get into the meat of some stuff, what all can you talk about? You seem to be an ambidextrous guy that can do both left-handed and right-handed things. What all can you talk about and feel well talking about it? So I, when I hit 17, 18 years old and started thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? Um, everything was about money. And I said, I just, this, I, I got to make money. My parents were always arguing about money. And I said, like, I got to just make money. And that's how it's going to solve all my problems. And that's what I, I turned all my attention to. I started, I, I run two businesses today. One of the businesses I run, I started when I was 19 years old. Yeah. Um, I March of... March of 06, 20 years old, sorry. I started the business when I was 20 years old. And uh, it wasn't for the first three years, there was growth, but then I started bumping into things in myself personally. It was like, hey, you know, it's one thing to be kind of introverted and shy when you got three or four employees. It's quite another when you got 10, 15, 20 employees. That introversion in shyness doesn't work so much. And then a lot of other stuff. I was really anxious. I I would get depressed. I would... I have, you know, a ridiculous temper sometimes. I just get super angry at things. And some of those stuff I had to work through. And then I found that working through that stuff was the best thing for business. And then a lot of what I was looking for and hoping that business would give me, I thought money equaled peace. I thought money equaled happiness. I thought money equaled confidence. I thought money equaled security. And it didn't equal all those things. So it kind of became a life of trying to juggle both and saying, and as much as money works towards that goal, I'll keep focusing on it, but my ultimate goal is peace. My ultimate goal is not money anymore. So in terms of what I can talk about, it's that journey. It's that journey of trying to find both. Wow. You know what, buddy? Let's dive deep into it. How about that? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, then. So you're 19. You are 
super successful. Your dad gave you a million dollars to start off your business. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, not my story. Walk us through. You mix me, mix me up with something. <laughs> It's no, like Donald Trump I'm, or something. That's not, that's not your story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not my story. Right. No. No. Um, so give I'm us one your nineteen-year-old story. I'm I'm one of nine kids. My dad was a government employee. My mom was a teacher, part-time teacher, and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of money going around. That's for sure. But um, and actually, that's why I started the business. I didn't start the business with a business plan. I didn't sit down with a graduate from from, you know, a Harvard MBA with a Harvard MBA and say, hey, I want to map out a business plan and figure out how I can raise money. Not at all. My story was I wanted to go to school and I had to put myself through school. So I started working in order to put myself through school. I should add that I have a brother two years older than me who did start a business and has done well in businesses in his own right. And that helped me in a lot of ways. But my story was certainly not Growing up with a silver spoon in my mouth. <laughs> got you, got you. Okay, all right. So you 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 earn what you have now today. That's about right. I earned, and I will give credit to my brother. He definitely helped me out. It's uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't say that I was in the exact same playing field as as anyone else. We both grew up without a lot. He started making money and definitely helped me on my own journey. So I did have like kind of a little bit of a head start, but it certainly, like I said, wasn't a wasn't a silver spoon. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's let, let's get a little deep and personal, and let's see if we can set you up for an alley oop that'll help out our listeners here. How? Give us both the good and the bad of working with such a close sibling. Ooh. <laughs> So we don't we, we don't work in the same business. We are in the same industry, and we've done a lot of stuff together. But, um, so you know, it's when you get an older sibling, and we got a lot of love um, for each other, right. and you know, a really close relationship. Well, I guess right, even more so. I said one of nine siblings, more so than any other. I think we, we got a close relationship. At the same point in time, you're always someone's little brother, man. It's just like doesn't matter what you do in yeah. life. Yeah. Or if you're the little brother, you're still the little brother. So yep. uh, that's kind of the the maybe challenging side is that always feeling like, hey, you can be in someone's shadow or they don't quite see yep. you for who you are. There's always this feeling like um, I can't be my own person working yep. closely with someone like that because they yeah. always see me as this old version of me. That's kind of the way wow. I felt. But the good side is having someone, you know, who speaks the same language, who cares a lot for you, who wants to see you succeed. You want to see them succeed. You you know, you got their back. They got your back. So there's a lot of benefits to it, but there's always stuff that come up with brothers. And, yeah, in, in addition, there's the competition, right? You want to see each other course. succeed, yeah. but you also want to be the you, – you both want to be the man. So right. <laughs> I know it works for some people. I know it works for some people for us. I know it works for some people, is all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 definitely, man. Well, you sound like you got a good brother, man. Why don't you give him a shout-out real quick, and maybe we can throw some people his way. That guy sounds like a good guy. He's still he, – he's not in the mode of uh, of sharing, and, you know, he's kind of more behind-the-scenes guy, so. 
Sweet. One day. Sweet. One, one day. One day, if he gets the bug, I'll give him your name. He'll get on there. He's got an amazing story and done incredible <laughs> things. So, for now, awesome. I'm here. So. Awesome. Well, I'll shout out to having a good big brother, man. But I'm glad you said that because we, let, let's turn this real quick and help someone listening because they're the little sibling, right? For me, my older brother, I didn't meet him until I was 14. My childhood was kind of jacked up, but he's like this super attractive guy. You know, he's, you know, Idris Elba, Brad Pitt, wrapped up into one. You know, he's got these perfect <laughs> dolphin teeth, and they're all white. And he's got muscles everywhere. He didn't do anything for him. Just puberty gave him all the good <laughs> stuff, right, you know? And yep. he graduated valedictorian in high school. He started computer programming before it was cool. And he has to make $8,000 a month just to be broke. Like, just to be broke. My older brother has to make eight hundred. I mean, $8,000 a month just to be broke. He has no job. He pulls in million-dollar contracts from computer programming. And one day my aunt says, what happened to you? Your brother's doing so well. <laughs> right? So your brother's now, doing what? He's doing so well. He's doing so right. well. At the time, I was a, I was like a loser, right? And that's, that's not the case now. But I, I was finding my own way, a different path. Help us out real quick because you understand, like I understand, how to – Keep yourself, even though you're in the shadow, and then eventually come out the shadow to making your own self, and then appreciating where you come from and your siblings. Give a message to someone struggling with that. Like me and you have obviously struggled a time or two. Someone struggling right now, won't you help them out and tell them what they can or, or shouldn't do? So I I would say in terms of, you know, the relationship with my brother, you mentioned a little bit about God and the Bible, so I'll go to a little bit of a Bible story. Why sure. not? Because this, this, this resonated big time for me. I think what a lot of this comes down to is identity work, is who are we? You know, there was a, someone, who, someone who once said, if I am I because you are you, if I, if I am I because you are you, then I am not I and you are, and you are not you. But if I am I because I am I and you are you because you are you, then I am I and you are you. So, like, that identity is very important. It can't be in relation to someone else. Like, I'm nice because this guy is less nice, or I'm strong because this person is less strong. I'm rich because this person is less rich. Like, the identity has to be independent of that. And uh, the Bible story that I was going to mention is, off you know, the, the story of Jacob and the way he got the name yeah. Jacob. Yep. But when he was coming out of the, the, the womb, he was holding on to the heel of, of his brother. And that mm. motion of holding on to the heel was almost to pull him back into the womb so he can be first. So he was named Jacob, which Jacob in Hebrew means the heel. And if you follow his story, right, he tried to, you know, when Asa came back from the field and he wanted the, the soup first, and he said, I'll give you the soup for the birthright. And then he, he got the blessings from his dad, right? So he got the blessings from his dad that really were, were, were due to his brother because he switched his hands. But that whole story in the Bible, and what is really telling us is that Jacob's like primary energy was a competitive mm. energy towards his older brother. It wasn't wow. about him. It wasn't like, am I okay? It was coming from an energy of, what well, you're, fir you're first. I want to be first. You got the birthright. I want to be the birthright. You're going to get the blessing? No, yeah. I want the blessing. And it wasn't his own identity. Like, who am I? And I noticed mm. at a certain point in time that that was my relationship with my brother. As hard as that is wow. to admit, that was my relationship with my brother was, 
who am I in comparison to him? And in some ways positive, yeah. some ways negative. On the business side, I was comfortable having a smaller business than he had. He's like, let him have the limelight. Not necessarily that it was an option. I'm not talking about that I could have made mm-hmm. more money if I wanted to, but it's just that I was comfortable in that role. But in other yeah. roles, I was like, no, I have to be the one that's more um, balanced, that's more focused, yeah. that's more, you know, and, and that was my identity in relation to him. And it was a couple wow. year effort to say, how can I, how can I strip my identity from him and not look at it in relation to him? And where it says, actually, like, follow the story of Jacob. Jacob eventually got a new name. There was a point in his life where he wrestled. It says he wrestled with himself. He wrestled with an angel, the angel of himself. He wrestled with an angel. He wrestled with his own identity. And at the end, the angel said, you have a new name, and your new name is Israel. Right? That's wow. that story because that competitive energy wasn't what was driving him as much. So I love that story. I identified with it strongly. And uh, what was amazing for me, actually, was, this summer, and I saw you went there, so you kind of giving me permission to go to this park. I wasn't, sure, man. I don't go ahead. typically, <laughs> I don't typically express this stuff on a podcast, but you went there, so let's go. <laughs> so this became like one of my my identity work. Like I headlined it, and for about eighteen months, this was my primary objective: say, who am I, and what's what's my identity, and how do I not allow to live my identity in relation to my brother? And I headlined this idea as called from Jacob to Israel. That was what I was doing. Mm. That's wow. like, that's my mission to get from Jacob to Israel. And wow. identity is kind of, it's not something you can quite put your finger on it. Like, am I there? Or am I not there? And uh, at a certain point in time, I said, you know, I, uh, like, I, I'd like to know that I'm there. Like, and I asked the world, just communicate to me that I'm there. Anyway, through a sequence yeah. of events, this summer I ended up in Israel, and I was not planning on going, but I ended up at Jacob's tomb. Wow. And when I was there, standing in front of Jacob's tomb, and I just said, you know what? Like, that message is just my, like, um, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. That identity work that I've been working on so strongly, who am I? What do I represent? What do I really care about? And is it still in any way in relation to someone else? Or am I competing with anyone else? And once I sat, sat there in front of the tomb, I was quiet for a few minutes, and I said, that's my message from the universe. I'm there. And I, I closed the chapter wow. on that and said that that mission that I started 18 months before from Jacob to Israel, I can sign off on it, and I can focus on on the next. Wow. Time. You know what, buddy? I'm just going to clap, right? I'm just going <laughs> to That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You, I'm telling you, you just helped somebody. I, I didn't tell you that, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't tell him that I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm sure he can tell now. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> this guy, you are a rock star, buddy. And let me tell you, you have changed your name because I know you. I know Mike Drop LLC more than I know you. So won't you go and tell us about that? <laughs> because you go from this one of nine to Mike Drop LLC. Break it down to us, brother. What's this all about? So Mike Drop is really simple. Mike Drop is about me tasting a piece of cake and loving it so much that I want a bunch of other people to taste that same piece of cake. And that's my personality, right? I'm the kind of guy, if I go to a restaurant and I like it, all my friends are going to know about the restaurant. <laughs> I, got into, I started doing CrossFit four or five years ago, and everyone, all my whole company knew about CrossFit. Everyone in the company who wanted to go to CrossFit, the company paid for it. 
a bunch of my friends knew about CrossFit. And to this day, there are people doing CrossFit because I got into it. So what happened with Mike Drop was I had this, I was really, really, really shy growing up, really painfully shy. And even all through adolescence and early adulthood, I was so uncomfortable speaking up in front of people. That's my public speaking. I'm not even talking about giving a speech in front of 500 people. I grew a business uh, miraculously because if a meeting had more than five or six people in it, I could not talk. I could not be yeah. the one to express. And eventually I, I learned, um, I hired a coach and that's the way I do a lot of the things when I, when I have an objective, I hire a coach, say, hey, this is, what, this is my goal. If you've helped other people get there and you can demonstrate that to me, then you're my guy and let's yeah. do it. So I hired a coach and he helped me to speak publicly. And in the process, I just, I found so many gifts by being able to do it. You know, a lot of people have different reasons they're afraid of speaking publicly there. And, you know, some is about the attention, which was kind of it for me. But for me, it was about being afraid of my emotion. Mm. When, when, you, when, when I'm speaking in front of a group of people and I start going to certain places, I don't know what's going to happen. I may get a lot more nervous than I want. I may get a lot more yeah. emotional. When I spoke the first few times, I cried in front of the group of people, and that was always a major fear of mine. So when I look at my fear of public speaking, my fear of public speaking was really a fear of my emotions. So now mm -hmm. when I look at it and say, okay, this fear of emotions, like where else is that impacting me? It impacted in so many places. <laughs> when I want to compliment someone at work, it's still tough for me. It's still, I'm not going to say like I'm good. If I'm good, you get calls from some of my employees saying, hey, this guy doesn't compliment properly at all. I don't know what he's talking about. So I'm not going to say I'm good, but I'm, I'm much better than I was. It wasn't a possibility before. Today I can compliment someone. Today I can, I, I, I can give someone a, a raise without feeling uncomfortable. I can fire someone without feeling as uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So Mike Drop started saying like, hey, this is a gift that I've gotten. And the guy who taught me was a news reporter. And he's been a news reporter forever. So I called him up six months ago. And I said, I want to start a business with you, man. I wanted this same gift that you shared with me. <clears throat> I want to share that with the world. Let's bring this wow. out to as many people as possible. We got, we bring average normal Joes, people who never thought they could speak in public. We train them to deliver mm -hmm. a message. The message is always real. It's always authentic. It's always honest. And uh, we do it in, in theaters. Um, they do it for, for people who are giving speeches, will hire us. But my most fun is when we create events, we do it in, we do it in, in, in theaters and people who never thought they can speak in public all of a sudden share a message. If uh, someone goes to our YouTube channel, the way to find our YouTube channel is that they put mic drop, they can put mic drop in my name, they'll find it. You'll find my talk and then a bunch of others there. But the YouTube name is mic drop with Roshlow, R-O-S-H-L-O-W-E. That's the the, the name of the former news reporter who I started the company with. And you'll see people who've never given a speech before deliver it there, and they've got 15,000, 20,000 views yeah, on, their, one right on now. their talk. Shia Shannon has 13,000 views two weeks ago. It was uploaded. Yeah, she's got an amazing story. And she, when she spoke online, um, when, when she spoke there, she spoke about very similar, actually. It's so funny that you mentioned that one because she spoke – Similar what I spoke about my brother. So she spoke wow. about her sister. So her sister, well, um, you know, she was always a little bit heavier than her sister. And she felt self-conscious about that. And her parents, um, I guess, treated her in that way. And she just said, you know what? I'm, I'm just comfortable. I'm just going to be me. 
Like, this is me. This is who I am. I'm a, I'm a little bit heavier than my sister. And, you know, I'm not quite the way you want me to be necessarily, but I'm who I want to be and who I'm, and I'm yeah. going to accept me for me. And she delivered this speech in front of 300 people. And you see the views online. I'm pretty sure that's the first time she, she spoke in public. And she also shares, she's got a clothing business. And she shares, you know, why the clothing business was important to her. So yeah. someone watching that speech, someone watching that speech can also connect with her much stronger. And I expect that it will help her business to not only be able to talk, but also to be able to share that side of her and say, yeah, part of the reason we make clothes that are flattering on um, people who are not size zero is because that's my story. And that's the way yeah. I felt. I felt like I couldn't walk into a store and buy what I wanted and now I could. So that was, it's funny that you picked that one because you said everything is connected. It connects very strongly to the conversation yeah. that, just, that we just had between me and my brother. My brother, by the way, was never shy was never introverted. He was a guy that at five, six, seven years old can dominate a room. He'd have everyone laughing easily. That just came natural to him. He didn't need a yeah. coach. I did. So instead <laughs> of, I'm not competing against him. I'm just, I'm doing my thing and it comes out very different, but I'm also not feeling bad that I'm different than him. That's right. Now, now that last thing you just said is powerful. I'm also not feeling bad that I'm different. Now that's, that's powerful. I'm an introvert myself. I had to learn extroverted skills. People actually drain me. And when you said that room of five, I know exactly what you're talking about, brother. I know exactly. Room of two, okay, I'm about 80% charged. Three, 50% charged. Four and five, it feels like running on a treadmill at that point, man. So I know exactly how you feel. Definitely understand that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this lady, is her, this is the first time she's spoken publicly, and she's got 13,000 views at the time of this recording. This video is just two weeks old, and it's called Shia Shannon. It's a big deal, and they are not only helping people how to speak. They're making people professional speakers, and the way I like to say professional speakers is public speakers don't get paid. Professional speakers do, and 13,000 views. She's got a nice paper trail that she can start showing people and getting paid for it. So congratulations to you, brother. If someone wants to join mic drop two two questions and i've got some hesitation though what would you tell me while i'm hesitating to join mic drop so i gotta know why you're hesitating if you're afraid of fair speaking, enough yeah yeah right yeah, if, if you're I'm, no go ahead go ahead i got right i gotta understand why you're hesitating if it's because you're afraid of public speaking those are the clients that we want to work with people who have this fear that I am never going to be able to speak. Like, I can't do it. I get you can do it, but I can't do it. Because that was me. Watching my brother do this thing in the room, I was like, okay, you can do it, but I can't do it. I could never get up in a room. But the method that this Rosh Lowe developed and that we train in Mic Drop, if someone is there and they, they think they're the person who can't, that's the person we want to talk to. Go to micdrop.one. It's micdrop.one. Micdrop.com was taken by Major League Baseball. If anyone listening to this has a, has a, a relationship with someone at Major League Baseball, because they don't use that domain, and we want it, but they haven't responded to our emails. So for now, we have micdrop.one. Go there, reach out to us, contact us, and let's let, challenge me. Please challenge me. And if we can't One. get you, if we if we can't get you comfortable enough to give a talk, 
That's on me. You won't pay a dollar. Wow. Well, that's why I'm hesitating, Ellie. I'm hesitating because I believe you. I'm looking at the views. I mean, I'm not hesitating because I don't think it's going to work. I, I, I know it works. I'm looking at it. I just don't think it's going to work for me because of my past. What would you – how would you encourage me? So when you say it's not going to work for me because of my past, give me some specific. You don't think you'd be able to get past your fear or you don't think my what, fear you don't think speaking, it's important? You know, no, no, I think it's important. I know it's important because I keep getting passed up for promotion. When I mean my past is, I mean, you know, I've just never been that sibling. I've always, you know, the classic saying, I'd rather be in the casket than doing the eulogy, and I'm just afraid. Right. Right. So if it's just How, the fear, yeah. then give us a shot because I'll give you a little bit, a little clue into into the method, just a little bit of a taste sure. so, so people get a sense. What he did with me, right, when he said, like, okay, Ellie, you want to speak. So it was in a lot of different settings. Let's say I want to sell a product to someone, or let's say I want to speak up in a meeting and say, um, hey, what about this idea for this solution? Or walk into, you know, what you said about getting a promotion, it really mm -hmm. affects, I mean, it's very difficult to become a manager or leader. You can start your own business with the fear of public speaking, but to become a manager or leader, people – but how are you going to lead and manage if you have this fear? So it definitely holds people back, and that's and and that's been proven. And as much as um, my own story, so I didn't have a necessarily a very compelling reason, or so I thought to speak. When I met Rosh, he said, mm -hmm. if, if you were giving like your rooftop message, what does the world need to know? What are you so passionate about that you must talk about that people must hear? And in my case. You know, we didn't touch on this, but in my case, I went through several years of child sex abuse. And I was mm. abused by a family friend for a couple of years. And I wanted to speak up about it because I knew there were so many others who were abused and the community I came from wasn't doing enough about it. They weren't taking it seriously. So it's kind of counterintuitive. You would think, oh, let me get comfortable. Let me, let me first talk about sports and then maybe cloud formation and then maybe I'll I'll do a toast at a friend's event. No, start with the hardest subject. Not the hardest subject, but start with the subject that you're most passionate about. And that's what he taught me. So by the time mm -hmm. I got up in front of the room, I wasn't thinking about my fears. I was thinking, how am I going to communicate to the, the, to the room this vitally important message? And then the fears, it's not that they weren't there, but they became secondary. So now, if someone's listening, they're probably going to say, okay but I don't know that I had the same thing. I wasn't abused as a kid and everything else. Well, everyone's got stuff they care about. Everyone does, and that's our job. And that's the process is that we find out what is that message that you feel you need to share with the world, and you may not feel it consciously, but if I dig down a few layers, we'll be able to get to that message. And then when we put you on stage, that's what you're thinking about. So when Chaya Hanan, right, that's how she pronounces her name, C-H-A-Y-A -A, space C-H-A-N-I-N, Chaya Hanan, when she shared her message, she was saying, you know, I'm sharing my message for all the people like me who felt like they, they couldn't express themselves because they had to fit into someone else's mold. So, for example, in her story, someone said, hey, Chaya, instead of dinner, why don't you run around the block so you lose some weight? And she's like, you know what? That's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. Stop forcing me into wow. the mold of who you think is beautiful and then tell me that I got to do that. And that's why it's called it is a big deal. She's saying like it is a big deal when we feel something and we don't express it. So what was channeled from her speech, and I doubt she knew wow. this when she walked into 
the classroom the first time, but was channeled into her speech was that energy that I'm going to stand on this stage and help all of those people who think that it's not a big deal to suck it up. And she's like, it mm. is a big deal to suck it up. It affects you. So I'm going to stand up and share my message. And you know what would be awesome, right, in terms of her own journey, right, getting her on this podcast. We went there. So I don't know what uh, – but I'll put that out there, and hopefully some of you listening she's want more to, than welcome, want to She's more than welcome. She's more than welcome. She's more than welcome. I will, I will welcome. talk to her and see if she's still feeling that fire to share. And if she is, I'll make the introduction. There it is. And as an added bonus, I'm going to include – the mic drop YouTube channel in the show notes and her speech since it keeps coming up. I want to include that <laughs> in the show notes as well. So you all will be able to see that and ride the energy because both Ellie and I believe everything's connected and we're all connected. And as you said earlier, brother, there's no way that I accidentally picked out this one. That was crazy that you picked up, up that speech. That was crazy that you picked that up. You know what's interesting is that scene, that scene that's come up. You spoke about your brother, right, and kind of yep. meeting him when you were 14 and feeling, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but feeling inadequate maybe as a result. Oh, completely I inadequate, felt, completely. Yeah, I felt inadequate for years around my brother because he had certain um, personality traits that I didn't, and it really bothered yep. me. And in Chaya Khan and in her speech, she talked about that with her sister because her sister is a lot um, – is a lot thinner and kind of fits the mold of what the world calls beautiful uh, quicker or more directly. And wow. I don't want to say it in any way that insults anyone. I'm trying to take her words and put it in there. She happens to be a very pretty lady. And you can see it on the... Uh, oh, yes, she is. Yes, she's definitely yeah. a very pretty lady. Yeah, and, definitely. But, but there, was, there was messaging that came her way and then her feeling inadequate, no doubt, as a result, right? When she, asked, when she said, Kaya, you go take a run around the block, but her sister wasn't asked to run around the block and then feeling inadequate in that way. So that's kind of been the theme here. And I'm sure a lot of, um, a lot of your listeners and people listening to this are feeling the same way. They're feeling inadequate, not because of where they are, but they're feeling inadequate because they're comparing themselves to someone else really yeah. close to them in their that's life. Right. And I guess that's our message. Their message that it doesn't have to stay that way. We can go from Jacob that's to Israel, baby. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. You know what? That's the title of the doggone episode, man. <laughs> that's <is> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's it right there. You, that, that there is it, man. Well, here, I, I'm going to blow your mind again because we, we were supposed to meet. Ladies and gentlemen, let me pause real quick. Real quick, let's do this, this stuff that everyone wants to know. Although it's in the show notes, Ellie, tell them how they can contact you briefly. Mic drop is always a good way, right, through the website, like I mentioned. Um, but I have, uh, as well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My name, E-L-I-N-A-S-H, on Facebook. On Instagram, I use my full name, E-L-I-Y-A-H-U, underscore, um, underscore Nash, N-A-S-H. Awesome, awesome. Just want to do it. We're, so, we're not in so just yet. Yeah, we're not in it. Just, I, got, I got one more thing for sure I want to talk about, but I need to give you some props, brother. You're running some multi million-dollar businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have fallen in love with this man thus far, I need you to understand that you're not falling in love with someone who is who is performing averagely. He is performing at a genius level. He has found his identity, and his identity just happens to be a multi-million-dollar business runner, but also <laughs> someone, right? Yeah, that was part of your identity, right? And also someone who 
I heard you mention very early in the podcast that you paid for people to go crossfitting, right? So you're clearly a cool boss as well. So I just want to let you, I just want to validate him in your ears because, you know, he doesn't need to validate himself, but I wanted to take it upon myself to let you all know you're listening to a giant, and I'm getting ready to take this giant deeper. We better go deep, buddy. Get ready because you brought it up, and you don't even know where it connected. I, too, was sexually abused as Ooh. a minor. I was homeless from 6 to 14, and I wow. eventually aged out of CPS custody at 18, and from 6 to 9. I was sexually assaulted by men, by men, nevertheless, and I didn't admit that. In fact, I was on I was on the verge of becoming famous, like I am now, and I was on a, I was on TV in California, for God's sake. I was doing this interview about something totally irrelevant, and this Oprah Winfrey dude, right? He interviews me in this great way, and he pulls out of me. You know, why am I so driven? And I'm like, now I'm freaking crying on camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was sexually but assaulted. That, I don't know how he did that. He's got some training going on. That, for sure. that was the first time you shared it? That was the very first time I shared it. It was in front of thousands of people on camera. Holy so, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they streamed on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then my ex-wife Whoa. saw it. And she was like, oh, I, I saw what you said. Because she, she's the only person I ever told at the time. And now, but here's what's funny, though. Now, it is something that comes up. I I do 400 keynotes a year. And a lot of times, people have me speak on overcoming low self-esteem or sexual abuse or the Me Too movement. And it comes up now, and it helps so many different people. And it was something I felt, it, it made me feel inadequate. So I would love for you to cover, not, you know, not to, whatever you want to cover in, in the comfort of you. I don't want you necessarily going into the details. But like I said, this was, my, this, was, no, this was my first talk. So there was a point in time where it was very uncomfortable for me to talk about. And I'm blown away that the first time you shared it beyond your wife was in front of thousands of people. I can't imagine that. Uh, today tell I, me about it, buddy. Today I've done a lot of talks. What was the aftermath of that afterwards? Was that like a vulnerability? It was all positive. No, it was all positive. positive. That's what shocked me. It was all positive. It was, you know what? You know what? Let me take that back. It was all positive except for one stupid family member, okay? Let me, one family member, and, and I learned something valuable here. The I one who makes it about them. The one who makes it about them because they were with me and they don't remember that happening to me. And so we have this, this family member calls her dad, and the dad just happens to be a pastor of a church, and they, they assume to call me a liar. So I sit there, and I listen for 40 minutes. And finally, I said, name, I know for sure this happened to me. And you know how I know? Because I know it also happened to you. So while you're accusing me, I know the same person did it to you, and then yeah. she bust out crying right in front of her father, right? Oh. <laughs> because I knew. So that's why it was about them. That's why it was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, what's your take on all of it, man? And how can you help someone, or how did you help someone? Walk us through your keynote, and how are you continuously helping people? 
with this very bad thing that you overcame. You know, so what I love what you said is that when you do the keynotes, that I don't know if you said this, like that was the focus, but this is what I got. When you do the keynotes, that it helps people, and you find that it helps yeah. people. And that's really that's the, the that, that's the healing evolution is, you know, where it starts when I first started dealing with is like, why me? And I, I had a very unique experience. I actually sat down with the guy who abused me. It was a family friend. And I was determined to get a meeting with him. It took me five years. And online, I have a, a story where I speak about that, that process of eventually getting that meeting with him and what, what it was like. But I eventually sat down with him. And my first question was, why me? Like, why did you choose me? And that's where the healing process starts. It's like, when I say victim, what is a victim? It's like, a victim asks that question, wow. why? Like, why, why was I chosen? Why did you do it to me, right? I, and the exact wow. phrasing was, I said, why of all the other little boys on the block, why did you choose me to abuse? That was the exact phrasing of the question. And today, it's a much, like the evolution has been, as I started sharing about it, other people started talking too, coming to me and saying, man, you inspired me to, to get help, to ask for help. I realized that some of the stuff I'm dealing with are because of that. Or someone says, wow, I, I just felt so alone. I was so embarrassed that I was abused by someone else. By, you know, my case also, it was a male. So, I, you know, I, I didn't know if I was gay because I kind of enjoyed it and all of these other questions. And you yep, gave me this. Yeah, I went through that too. Um, yep. yeah. So all of this stuff that kind of um, compounds on it and then seeing how sharing my story can help. And now I'm like, hey, man, if it can help people, I'm happy it happened to me. And then that's where I kind of feel like healing really sets in wow. is when other people benefit from our experiences. So I love that you said wow. that, that. Yeah. I, I love that you just said the greatest thing that has, and this podcast has a few episodes and it's, and it's funny. This podcast is, is funny. It, it's, you know, I spent years building brick by brick. I started podcasting six years ago before anyone else. So it's, it wasn't hard to, get to the top because everyone else quit and I just kind of, you know, stayed going. This podcast, as soon as I started it, it just jumped to the top. It's crazy. You have just said the wisest thing of every episode on this podcast, and I'm the one on every episode, buddy. You just said, (laughs) you just said, if it helps someone, I am glad it happened to me. Do you understand the level of awareness you have to have to even make that statement? Man, you deserve to stand in front of Jacob's tomb because <laughs> that is the most powerful statement that has ever been said on this podcast. And believe me, I don't I, I use my words very wisely. I make all my money from talking. I'm telling you, that was the most masterful phrase that has been said on this podcast. I salute you and I honestly honor you for that, brother. That's amazing. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, real talk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. It it, it actually connects really well with with, uh, Mic Drop because what happens through the process where some people start sharing really, you know, we spoke about passion and passion is the other side of like not having. I'm passionate about something I didn't have. I'm passionate about something I really want because I didn't have it. what passion is. I'm very passionate about freedom because I felt like I didn't have it. I'm very passionate about being able to talk now because for a while I felt like I couldn't talk. So I had secrets, like this secret, which I mentioned before about abuse. So when people start talking about these difficult moments in their life and someone walks over to them and says, you know, you just helped me, 
the healing that sets into the other person is just amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've got an author to our story, right? And it sounds like um, you're comfortable talking about religion and talking about God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've yeah, got an author. We've, we've got an author to our story. And um, for those who believe, right, God is writing the story. And he, he put these chapters in on purpose, not, you know, 90% of the chapter, but the whole chapter in on purpose. So mm-hmm. my years from 8 to 10, when I was from 8 years old to 10 years old, where I was getting abused, God put that in the chapter. And when I was saying, why me? God put those chapters in and those details in those chapters and exactly the way it happened. So when I'm saying, why me? I'm basically complaining to the author, like, what are you doing? You have no idea what you're doing. And as soon as Mm -hmm. I get to the place that other people have been helped, then I say, hey, you know something? If I was writing the book, I would do it the same freaking way. And that's what I feel healing is. Wow. Well, buddy. That, I think you, (laughs) that's a perfect place to jump off this podcast, man. Perfect place. I got, I have so much more I want to tell you and want to, want to ask you. We might have to reschedule again just for you to come back, but I don't want to ruin the, like, I'm feeling really, really good right now. Like, really, really good. My energy level is higher than what you met me and it was already sky high. I, I've got chills. Yeah, seriously, man. Like I, I you, you know, no, you know this podcast, in? this podcast has been amazing. Like I feel energized <laughs> as well. Just, yeah, you know, through this conversation, yeah. I'm ready for another few hours today. I know it's going to be a lot. But yeah, productive. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is why I, I haven't done anybody. As a matter of fact, I've done another interview, but I never released it. And I, I guess I'll release it now. I was I was I was leery of putting people on an interview on this podcast because you guys listen in the thousands and hundreds of thousands, and I wanted top quality people if I would. And when Geffen when Daniel reached out, I was like, "Well, sure, buddy. I, I know who you are. I, I know you're surrounded by top quality people." And I know I just took a chance, but I'm so glad that I did because you are the epitome of the secret to success. You are, man. If if I'll explain it, then I'll let you explain it, and then I'll let you have last words. In my explanation of why you are the epitome of the secret to success, it's because of that masterful sentence that you said. If this worst thing that ever happened to me, if it helps someone, I am glad it happened to me. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. I, I have to tell you that after 14 years old, probably sooner than that, if you're still blaming other people, I can predict your income. I promise you I can. This man owned what someone else did to him, embraced it, made it a story, and then transmuted it into healing power all because he was aware enough to know, I know my identity. And the only thing dead about me is all me not knowing who I used to be. Congratulations, buddy. Man, I'll let you explain in your own words why, uh, I guess you can't say why you think you're the secret to success, so I'll rephrase the question so you can have some humility somewhere, but why <laughs> you would love, why you would love people to hear nuggets of the secrets of success and what we have just done today. 
you know, when, when I look at myself, um, kind of where I was uh, as a child and growing up and, you know, I felt a lot of pain and I felt a lot of suffering and I felt tons and tons of discomfort. And today I don't, you know, I, I thought I'd, I'd never be able to be in a relationship with someone. I got a, a nine month old son today. I got married a couple of years ago. I got another one on the way. And these are things that I never imagined possible. Like my life was not, you know, like you spoke about being homeless and being yeah. you know, in really difficult situations. Your life was not mapped out to be where you are today, right? Like scientifically mm-hmm. or statistically or anything else. Yeah. And to be able to break that. And I saw to myself that there are things inside of me and I, I don't take all the credit for it. I see just, you know, there've been amazing people who kind of, we, where we started this was that everything is connected, who've shown up in my life. And I said, yes. And I said, yes. And I gave people the chance to, to, to help me. I know a lot of people um, are very uncomfortable asking for help. Not a lot of people, all people are very uncomfortable asking for help. And that's been kind of the, the, the one thing I've always needed to do before a major breakthrough is so seeing where some of the stuff I feel now and knowing that I did not feel this way a while ago and I did not know it was possible, I share for that reason. Um, I'm glad you rephrased the question because I would never use those words to describe myself. I simply <laughs> feel like I've been through certain experiences. Yeah. I've been through certain experiences and I was helped by people who shared that I was relate to, to uh, that I was able to relate to them. I spoke about my my brother, for example, and the fact that my brother grew up in the home that I did and was able to have some financial success, it planted within me the seed of possibility. And that's what I share. I share so that I can plant within others the seed of possibility to say, hey, where I am now is not where I'm going to be. I can do so much better. And I hope that I, people gave this gift to me and I hope to be able to share this gift with others. So that's all I'll say. Wow. No, man, you, you said plenty, man. You said plenty. One more thing I would like for you to do, but before I get you to do that, ladies and gentlemen, look in the show notes. You can see all the ways to contact him, all the ways to emulate his success. Please know emulation is not copying. Ellie is in alignment with the laws of success. And if you don't know what they are, how to find them, just emulate him, and you will find yourself in alignment with those same laws. It's a wonderful thing. He said early in the podcast, well, not earlier, but later earlier in the podcast, we have an author, and I'm with that 100%. We have an author. That is our belief. Whatever your belief is, there is you be your author, and you write your story, and you be able to man up or woman up and say, if something bad happened to me, then I'm glad it happened if it healed people. My man, leave us with a closing statement to encourage somebody. And the way I like to do it is I want you to think of troubled you. And I want you to project troubled you out there to the audience because somewhere out there, since we're all connected, there is past you waiting to hear from you right now. Tell him or her whatever is on your heart to tell them. And that's how we end. So what message would I, like, as a child, like, what message would have I wanted to hear? Would, have, would I really have benefited from knowing and share that message, like, let's say with my 8- or 10-year-old self, is what is the message? Sure. Um, I, th- I think the message that feels most strong is that 
those experiences that I've gone through, someone else has gone through as well. Like I'm absolutely not alone. There's that really, really painful feeling of being alone. And just I, that's why I love stories and love sharing stories because when we share stories and we're able to relate to them, when we focus on the similarities, not the difference, it sends a message to us that we are not alone in this universe. And I think that that's the most painful feeling is to, to feel alone. And I felt so alone for so many years. I'm getting emotional as I'm saying this. Uh, but that, that was the feeling, the feeling, this just belief that I was different, that I didn't belong, that I was alone. And just knowing that I'm not and that I'm connected and there are other people who've gone through the same experiences I have and it does get better if we're willing to still, despite all of our experiences, trust another human being enough to ask for help or to accept it when they offer it because that happens too. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Ellie, you are... I'm going to connect with you, buddy. You are my new friend. I am happy that I've met you. I, I, honestly, man, like I'm not, you know, I mean, like you, I only say what I want to say. I'm very intentional about that. This was a very fun podcast, and I'm telling you, man, I got this calm Abraham Hicks feeling going on in me right now that I just feel like we just helped a lot of people and we did so because you showed up into my life and and vibrated at a frequency that's much higher than both of us. I honor you, brother. I appreciate you. Find him, ladies and gentlemen. Buy from him at full price, friends. He's your friend now. And friends don't ask friends for discounts. <laughs> Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't play better. You can't dominate. If you want to be a speaker, trainer, or coach, I've got you. Antonio T. Smith Jr. is my name. You've probably heard of me. That's probably why you're here. I've been featured on Forbes, awarded Top 101 Global Developmental and Training Minds on Goldcast. It's just a wonderful ride for me, but I got here by speaking. And now at this point in my legacy, I'm not interested in how much money I make, more about how I make my money. Therefore, I am taking select people people with stories, people with intensity, people who want to value personal development over money. This sounds like you. If your blood is boiling right now, then I may be speaking to you. If you have that story that you know would change the world, if you change somebody and now you're addicted to it and you want to do it more, if you want to speak in front of 10,000 people, or maybe you just want to be famous, get your name out there and change the world. However it may be, however it happens, Bureau of Dominant Speakers is for you. It's intense. I won't lie to you. I'm a very intense person. It's very affordable. Look in the show, no, show notes. You'll see Bureau of Dominant Speakers. Click that link. And hey, let's dominate. Because you can do it. And this is your moment. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. 
$22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True, but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there and that's why you need zip recruiter you need it so you can find the right candidates now it's not that zip recruiter helps you find jobs it's more accurately that zip recruiter takes your culture takes your job takes what you're looking for and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year January 1st my friends soak up everything I said it's not an ad this is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus without ZipRecruiter wouldn't have been possible so how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.